In Georgia Ag and Review for the week of August 31st, we start off with looking overseas as Randall Wiseman has a report on beef exports. Cattle producers have been waiting for a long time to get the beef trade with Japan back to where it was before the BSE issue first came about here in the U.S. But after the political victory this past weekend by the Democratic Party of Japan, questions are being raised to how stable any near-term expansion of U.S. beef exports to that country will be. The U.S. originally negotiated terms of the present beef trade with the Liberal Democratic Party, but now with the new party in control, some worry this could mean problems. But according to National Cattlemen's Beef Association's chief economist Greg Dowd, their reputation of being opposed to U.S. beef Ports of the past may have changed. They really pulled back on that here with a new manifesto. Think of it as we would call it a party platform here a few weeks ago where they pulled back on all that and they took all that language out and then they just said, well, we want full traceability and we want this and we want that. They really kind of pulled back on a lot of this. Dowd said the DPJ party did make the beef issue a part of their political campaign last year by confirming Japanese consumer fears relative to BSE and the safety of the U.S. product thus leaving some uncertainty about the status of the U.S. beef trade with Japan. We don't know exactly uh, what they're going to be saying. I've I've heard some of the old NSC, National Security Council guys, discussing the fact that this party is probably going to lean more towards their uh, neighbors in Asia and working with them versus the United States. But for now, Dow said there is no indication about how the new party will react to efforts made by the U.S. to get Japan to comply with OIE standards and open the market to accept beef 30 months of age and older. As we travel a little closer to home, we look at a much-anticipated new NRCS program. The 2008 Farm Bill's Conservation Stewardship Program is holding its first batching period on September 30th. And NRCS Regional Conservationist for the East, Leonard Jordan, says it's a great opportunity for all producers to get involved in the conservation process. It will address a lot of our water and soil quality concerns that we have around the country. And it really assists in global climate change and encourage environmental responsible energy production. So it addresses a lot of resource concerns that exist in communities, exist in states, and exist in our entire country. Jordan adds that the new CSP program is now more accessible than the previous security program that held the same acronym. The new CSP will be a lot easier, a lot simpler for implementation, a lot easier for participants all over the country to participate, whereas the old CSP was watershed-specific. In other words, only certain people could participate, whereas now the new CSP is nationwide. Jordan notes that the program is just another tool in the effort of conservation. It's a great opportunity because, after all, we as an agency, we are about trying to provide incentive to producers to practice good stewardship or to enhance the good stewardship activities. So this is just an additional program, additional tool that we have to offer those producers that will be very beneficial to them and all of society. For more information, visit your local NRCS field office. And as we look forward to the new peanut harvest, Randall Wiseman has this report on white mold. Well, while the numbers of acres of peanuts are down quite a bit this year, some peanut disease problems are too, while others have actually increased. At least that's according to Dr. Barry Tillman, University of Florida peanut breeder. In general, it's a lighter year for leaf spot than we've seen in the past. A white mold, it is a white mold year, so we're seeing more white mold than usual. A lot of vine growth and a lot of rainfall uh, is typically good for white mold, which is what we've seen. 
for the most part, these new varieties have very good spotted wilt resistance, so we're not seeing as much spotted wilt as we have in the past. He said while most of the crop is already set at this point, growers may need to deal with any white mold problems. White mold is one that you should look at closely. Uh, even now, uh, a spray could help if you have a severe uh, outbreak of white mold. But Dr. Tillman said already looking ahead to next year's crop, rotation is an important factor. And I think it still holds true that it's one of the most important things that farmers can do is plant a rotation that will benefit uh, the crops you're planting. And peanuts especially sensitive to rotation. I think it's very important before you plant peanuts in the field, have a crop there for two years prior to that. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear from Everett Greiner about the expansion of agritourism. I've seen a lot in the newspaper and heard a lot on TV about the recession affecting people's vacations. They're looking for their entertainment closer to home and something less expensive. Well, guess who's benefiting from this? Those involved in agritourism. A recent survey showed that farms are drawing bigger crowds in more places. Saving money may be the primary reason, but it's not the only one. Farm operators who've opted for this challenge are becoming more imaginative. Some of them are getting to look more like small theme parks. So an advertisement folder for one that looked more like Six Flags than it did a farm. Now, but that type of entertainment is usually found near big cities. Rural operators still feature wagon rides, uh, not roller coasters, livestock instead of exotic animals. Uh, and you know what I'm glad to report? That's the part of agritourism that's growing steadily. Remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.